0: Welcome to this Let's Talk Gardening podcast. On two occasions in 2023, Faye and Ray talked with Megan Smith, a homesteader and permaculture designer, on the subject of keeping chickens in a suburban backyard. The first time covered the basics of making your garden a healthy and happy place for chickens to live, while the second went into some of the problems you might encounter. Given the price of eggs, this could be a money saver in the long run. We hope you enjoy it.
1: We have Megan online, Megan Smith. She's our professional chicken lady. <laughs> if you have questions about keeping chickens or anything that you'd like to know, you can give Bev a call now and put your question uh, to Bev. She will put it up on our little board here, and then we can mention it to Megan whilst we have her online. That would be a great idea. All right, speaking of, Megan, good morning. You're with Ray and
2: how Good. are you? I'm very well. It's a gorgeous sunny morning.
1: It's very uplifting, isn't it? Just amazing what the weather can, weather can do for the mood. Most
2: well,
0: definitely. Welcome, Megan. Thank you. For, Kate. for the listeners who don't know who you are, I will just do a quick rundown because I've known you for a, quite a quite a lot of years. Ooh, we lovely, met lovely. through aquaponics many years ago, and yeah, you are 2007. A, yeah. You're a grower, a breeder, a butcher, a chef, a hobby farmer.
1: A candlestick maker.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I bet a beekeeper. Um, You have done that before. You have a certificate in horticulture and permaculture or you're well on your way and involved in a men's shed. And today Mm -hmm. we're going to kick off the Beginner's Guide to Keeping Chickens, which we hope we will be able to build on into a self-sufficient uh, homesteading type podcast that will be awesome so let's let's start so you want to start with chickens how do you decide what to get and what the differences are what do you want them for
2: Yeah, that's the big thing. What do you want them for and how much space do you have? It's going to be very different for somebody like you on a farm compared to Ray.
1: Yeah, some people also just want them almost as pets for their kids. There's so many different reasons. If I had chickens, I would want them to do a bit of foraging in my garden and I'd like eggs. Oh, well, I know we'll, they do we'll a lot come, of damage. We'll I know, what, to you're that later. To I know yeah, what you're going to say, but yeah. So,
0: Ray wants them for eggs. Yes. I want them because I want to teach my grandchildren about the life cycle. And what do you want them for, Megan?
2: Um, I actually have had um, had them and then I stopped for a while and then I got them again recently. And I noticed a huge difference in pest control and the um, amount of pests and bugs that were suddenly in the garden, i.e. snails and the chickens used to keep under control.
1: Yeah, I have a big snail problem, yeah.
0: Well, and fruit flies too because the the fruit fly cycle, the mm-hmm. eggs uh, drop into the soil, and so the yeah. chickens keep that in check. So, really yeah. important one. Yeah, yeah.
2: They, they don't just scratch around to shove your mulch everywhere. They scratch around to look for protein and insects that yeah, they use good. in their diet. Mm.
0: So, the other th- choice in my um, the types of chickens I want are. I, I'd like a dual-purpose bird. I'd like one that we can actually breed and that, you know, many of them will turn into roosters so we can then grow them up when we know they're roosters, then we have a chicken for the table, basically. So That's talk right. talk about the different types of chickens and the choices.
2: Okay, so you, you have, as you said, your dual-purpose birds and that can be a full-size chicken or it can be a bantam. Um, Bantams are normally just eggs and, and pets Whereas your full-sized um, chickens can be specifically for meat Or they can be specifically for eggs and foraging And life cycle um, learning curves for, for kids um, There are great things to teach kids how to care for something Not just look after them and provide everything for them But to learn how to be gentle with an animal
0: yeah, animal husbandry.
2: Very much, very much. Um, your breeds um, vary. You can go with a a bird that's just uh, a layer or you can go with a bird that has more of a seasonal laying schedule um, and they can be just your plain brown, white, black ones or you can go into your really fancy colours and, and different breeds. Oh,
0: and that gets exciting. You only have to have a look when you go to the Royal Show. Another another At, addiction for me. Yeah, exactly. Mm. But, okay, so for someone who wants eggs, and I know that uh, particular types of chickens will lay around 300 eggs a year. So, Megan, tell us about those ones.
2: Okay, so the two main breeds that you can get, one is called an Isa Brown and one is called a Highline. They're basically both brown birds. They're just slightly different breeds. Um, but they originated from a, a similar chicken. And they, they like you say, will lay an egg every day without fail unless there's something happens, you yeah. know, like a, a, a cat or a bird jumps in their pen, mm. then that might frighten them like it would frighten anyone. Mm. And, and they may have a delay in egg production. But egg production is also a long... Um, the lines of what you feed them, how often you feed them and um, if they're molting. because what a lot of people don't know is the calcium and the keratin and protein that goes into eggs and that production actually goes into feather production. So if a chicken is using all of that energy to, to um, complete its winter or spring malt, um, you're not going to have as many eggs because the nutrients in the chicken are going into feather production. Mm. So how do you
0: overcome that and make sure that your chicken's got a a good diet and has got everything it needs?
2: Um, The the best thing is a a high-quality general uh, pellet or crumble and then I always supplement my birds at that time of the year with wheat or corn. Um, and that increases um, their metabolism, which helps keep them warm in winter while they're making their feathers. But it, if you soak the wheat too um, for a couple of days, it cracks that out a hard shell and then it allows all the nutrients that are inside the um, wheat grain to activate, which provides a higher concentration of nutrients for the chicken which is is really easy to do
0: well and on top of that it's it saves money because you buy a bag of wheat which is actually pretty cheap you soak it and it swells so you You you've yeah got better value for your money
2: correct correct um and you can do that with any grain not just wheat you can do it with barley you can do it with oats lupins Um, even something as simple as budgie seed. Um, If you do that for your, it's off the top topic, but you could do it for quail's sake. Any of those um, grains, once they're um, moisture into them, it increases their nutrients and it it feeds them a lot better.
0: Excellent. So that's covered the high lines and the eyes of browns and a bit about the food. What what are the other breeds that are available?
2: Okay, so there is a, a complete rainbow of colours and breeds. The most common ones that people look at are your black ostrilops. Now, an ostrilops is our Australia's truly own breed. It was it was bred for our conditions, so they're very hardy birds. But a lot of people don't like the fact that they're black and you can't see them as easy as you can get a pretty. Black and white one, or you can get the beautiful um, like we mentioned the golden gold laced wine there uh, wind dots come in all different color lacings you can have a, a beautiful gold and black you can have a white and black you can get the Sussex which has a, a black and white collar but is mostly a white bird um, oh is get...
0: that the Kellogg's one the one that was on the cornflake packet mm-hmm. <laughs> uh,
2: no, I think you're thinking of um that is oh gosh, it oh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> there's so many there's so many different um colour variations. You can get your your frizzles, your stilkies, um, which are really fluffy, cute little cuddly things. Um So
1: Megan, can I jump in and ask a question? Where do you buy your chickens from and what's their lifespan roughly?
2: Okay, so um I think an Isa Brown is approximately three to five years, maybe a bit longer, maybe a bit okay. less. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas a heritage breed, you can have them for eight to ten years. Okay, That's really it all fun. depends. Like on anything, you um, look after them, yeah. and they do better. Yeah, yeah. And
0: how how are they available? At what stage um, are they available?
2: So you can get what's called fertile eggs. You can get day-old chicks, which means that they're hatched and they're they're 24 hours old. You can get point of lay, which means they're about 16 to 18 weeks old and they haven't laid their first egg. They're about, about to lay two. their first egg.
1: And, and roughly how much are they to buy?
2: Well, COVID changed things. I <laughs> bet, yes,
1: because I, I knew there was a time when you couldn't get a chicken, isn't there? You couldn't buy That's
2: them. Exactly, Yeah. Um, you can get your day, uh, your ex-layer chickens like Isa Browns for about ten, twenty dollars, depending on where you source them. Yeah. Up to, I actually paid three hundred dollars for a rooster to come from Victoria to put into my breeding program.
1: Okay, yeah, no, so I get that.
2: It's mm-hmm. the sky's the limit, really. But yeah, okay. a, a mm-hmm. good starting point would be ten, twenty dollars a bird for an of Brown. If you're going to the um, breed varieties, you can pay anywhere from $40 to $100 a bird. Sure. And there are um, uh, multiple ways of getting them. As Faye mentioned, the Royal Show, they have a booklet that tells you all about their birds on show and who's doing what. And in that is a very handy resource of breeders. Um Google you can look up poultry associations and they have breeders if you're okay. a specific variety mm-hmm. there is a um a commercial farm in Bedforddale that um has multiple different breeds and different ages along with a lot of the other products that you need um so and facebook marketplace um options. They're all options aren't they? Mm. They're, they're, it's All just right. a matter of asking the question, yeah. what breed I want, and then then you look.
1: And how many chickens could you have in a suburban backyard? Does that vary from council to council? Or... It
2: does, and it also varies greatly on the size of your housing mm. and mm. your pen, um, whether they're just going to be in that pen overnight and then have the whole backyard. To, yeah, roam um, around so- so let's yes. talk about
0: their enclosure or what they need. How do you need to house them? We've only got a couple of minutes left, Megan, so we'll sure, just... Sure. Um, yeah, what's the basic requirements for housing?
2: Housing can be an aviary where you open the door every day and let them into a bigger scratching area. Yeah. You can get the uh, commercially available pens or wire frames. Oh you can make your own out of a old um, triangle swing frame. I've done that before um, there it the, sky's the limit and it and it can be budget dependent you can pick up stuff free and turn it into a chook house or you can um, go to the green shed and buy one it it just re- really depends on the size of the bird your location and how much room you've got
0: and mm, so uh, shelter or protection from weather, a perch yes. to nest, perch. Uh, to perch on at night or to roost on at night, and yes. somewhere to house a, a laying box where they can lay yes. their eggs up and off the ground.
2: Place. A laying box can be something as simple as an old lawnmower catcher or a plastic washing they'll,
1: basket.
2: They'll use it. Yeah, they they will use a plastic tub with a hole cut out they don't even if they've got a, an aviary or a pen mine have just started laying on the sawdust in the corner of their roosting night area yeah
1: yeah oh, look, yeah they just you, you fall in love with them right you do they get once mm-hmm. they get under your
2: skin uh, if you don't have them you notice it yeah. in a big way yeah absolutely
1: well, I think we we definitely have so much more to talk about. Yeah, we need yeah. to do some more segments with you as we go that along because I think it's such a big subject and uh, we're very keen and I think many of our listeners are too.
2: Yeah, I mean, we didn't touch on um, uh, pests and uh, uh, predator
1: proofing. Ah yes um, and and my, that yeah. went through in my mind when you were talking actually. Yeah. The good old yeah. fox. But yeah. I, I
0: think we've given listeners something Takes. to think about mm. and they can now do a little bit of homework based on what we've talked about. And you can follow my journey because I'm I'm on the verge of organising yes. some more chickens and I'm yeah, itching to get started. Mm.
2: Yes, I can't wait for that day too.
1: <laughs> so Megan we'll be back in touch with you soon. Thank you very much, ladies. All right, and you have yourself a great weekend. You take care.
0: And if I you will.
2: I'm off to the men's shed.
0: Oh, ah. have fun! And if you want to see more of Megan, just Google um, Garden Gurus because she has done a couple of segments with them. Yes. So, yeah. Perfect. Good on you. Thanks, Megan. Bye for now.
2: Bye.
1: Bye. We have Megan Smith online, our resident chook lady. How are you, Megan? Good morning, girls. I'm really well. Good, good. You set for Christmas? Do you do Christmas?
2: No, I just have a very quiet day. Good,
1: good. I like to hear it. It's a nice it's a nice opportunity to kick back and chill out and let everyone else get on with it.
0: So where are you yeah. talking to us from, Megan?
2: I'm not on the Gold Coast. I've just had a big birthday, so I'm doing oh. my sister's.
0: Fantastic. Well, I hope you're having a wonderful time and a break from the farm at home. I am. Thanks. <laughs> so last time we talked to you, Megan, we talked about all the different types of chilks and what they need for care and what sort of egg laying we could expect. So today, I thought we'd cover the three P's, the pests, yes. the predators and the plants. So yes, what... that's
2: cool. Okay, pests. Well, you've got um, flying ones, you've got insect ones, and you've got animal ones. So mm. you've got your mice and snakes and rats um, and lizards too. Depending on where you are, lizards all sneak your eggs. Mm. Um, what, do, what do mice do? Mice eat the feed oh. and um, can can just scare the babies and scare oh, the chickens.
1: I see. Okay.
2: Yeah. So, S- yeah it it's um a whole other world out there yeah. um and then you've got fleas and mites um which are in the actually on the chickens like you get on other animals um and then your predators you can get your um birds of prey um and crows as well they take the um, eggs and the babies them.
0: yes and yes. foxes
2: hmm. oh yes, the dreaded dreaded fox. It's not um, easy,
1: and is it to keep chickens? <laughs> You've got to have your wits about you.
2: It's it's a lot of work. People yeah. think it's no. Let's just let's get, get a couple, couple of chicks. give them some water, give them some food, food and collect the eggs. But yeah,
1: it's not,
2: no, it's a lot more involved than people realise. It's fun. Don't get me wrong. I wouldn't mm-hmm. be without them in the garden because they're a, a very important part of the of the cycle. You take that link out, and you notice very quickly that you get. More snails and slugs and insects and bugs on your plants and caterpillars that the chickens would otherwise eat. So, ha-
0: housing the chickens. What's a a good design of pen to protect from some of those uh, the risks or threats?
2: Um, you can get a very fine uh, what they call snake mesh or aviary wire. Um, these days which is really good and then across the top of you if you haven't got an enclosed pen if you've got a, a backyard pen or something netting is really good to prevent the birds getting in um, and protecting them the, the fine mesh is great for snakes in particular if you live in a, in a bushy area and you don't want snakes or lizards coming in um, but snakes that have their place they get rid of the mice so you you've got to keep your your life cycle going. Um, as with anything, you don't want to remove all of all of the bad things because some of them have their benefits.
0: Absolutely. So, what sort of um, how do we keep foxes out?
2: Ah, uh, okay. So when you when you're designing your pen, if you're starting from scratch, even in in your home backyard, foxes are in the in the local neighbourhoods these days and we'll hunt them out, um, you dig down at least a foot um, to 30 centimetres down in the ground and you can put um, wire, uh, chicken wire or mesh or some sort of mesh that stops them digging underneath the sides mm-hmm. and that, that is a really good deterrent. And then when, you, when you're building your pen, um, you need a stronger gauge or a heavier gauge wire not a really thin one because I've actually had foxes eat through and chew a thin wire. Yeah. So we had to double it mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and then we had netting over the top of the breeding corridors. Um, but foxes are very, very cunning. They will find the tiniest hole and make it bigger. Yeah. And, and they do climb. People don't think they climb, but they do.
1: That was my next question to you actually, And They can climb up, can't they? Up and in. Yes,
2: mm. yes they can. They'll find a weak spot and up they'll go.
0: So having an eight-foot heavier gauge fence to keep them out so that they can't...
2: Yes. It will
1: yes. deter them. And a canopy yes. over the top.
2: Yes. And and the the, the wire can be, um, again, it can be a, an aviary mesh or it can be a net, a, a, a wire netting or mesh, or it could be a... Nylon, like a fruit tree netting, um, right, but yeah. it's, but it's a thicker, stronger mesh, um, and that that's a good preventative as well. So, what about
0: pests like fleas? How
2: yeah. are they managed? Yeah, fleas, fleas and mites are are also not necessarily brought in by dogs and cats. They could all be in the ground before you go to a property. And and just live there dormant, and then they find a host and off they go. And the best way I found was to sprinkle DE or uh, I, yes on the on the ground. And I used to have a kitty litter tray with DE and lime in it um, inside the entry to their coop, and so they had to walk through it, so they would regularly get it on their feet, and then that would be a deterrent. Yeah. As well, and if you've got wooden um, perches and things like that, um, the the mites and the lice will live in that wood and then come out at night and get onto the chickens. Mm-hmm. So, so when you when you're cleaning your pen, um, you need something like Coupex to um, spray on, and it's a natural pyrethrum-based um, preventative.
0: So we um, where our chickens lay their eggs, we've got a, a yes. little house. It's about a metre square with a concrete base. Correct. And then the nesting boxes, which are old, like 20 litre plastic drums cut out yes. with straw yes. in them, they're up yes. at about waist high. And then yes. we have a wooden perch as well. So they perch inside under shelter and they lay their eggs in the nesting boxes and then we have wormwood as well. And so we'll put wormwood in the base of the chicken house. There's also sawdust there. So we can scoop that out and use it on the garden and then replace it and keep it clean. And wormwood growing in the larger pen area with wire around it. So the chickens have got access to it, but they don't dig it up.
2: Yeah. I I had wormwood, rue, tansy, um, in my pens and they just ate it um, as they wanted and when I was trimming um, and pruning those back I would actually cut some of the, the um, softwood and the leaves and branches and actually put it in the nesting books with the straw and mm-hmm. they would lay their eggs on that and that was a, a big deterrent um, because the chickens were rubbing on the, on the herbs and that helped Um, protect them a little bit but you're you're never going to completely get rid of fleas and mites because they come on the wild birds like your pigeons and your doves and your magpies and all that so you can never really get rid of them you just have to manage them um and and that's easily done you can get um drops um that can be used on the chickens and uh similar to flea uh, deterrence on the dog. Yeah, I was
1: just thinking that, put a drop, drop on the back on of the neck. neck or something, yeah.
2: Yeah, exactly and then um, when it comes to things like worming, um, you can get a proprietary um, tablet and I used to have a plastic wash tub a pillowcase And a set of scales, and I would put the chicken gently in the pillowcase, loosely tie it, put put that on the scales in in the tub so they were contained, and weigh each and every chicken, and then work out the dose of tablet because quite Mm -hmm. often one chicken looks small, but when you weigh it, you get quite a surprise. So, and some of my birds, you know, could have been up to five kilos. So they would have a higher dose of, of mm. tablets. How do you and, get the and, tablet
1: in them, Megan?
2: Um, I just open their mouth. Straight and,
1: down the hatch? Yep. <laughs> wow, yep. okay.
2: And, and then they go, go for a drink. Um, so what I used to do was lock them up at night and then first thing in the morning I'd go out there and do the whey and, and uh, worming and then they would head straight for the water mm. um, and, head, and drink that. Yeah. Get now- be it down.
0: You can also put garlic cloves in their water, can't you? Yes, you can. That was another Um, one.
2: Yeah, and the other garlic skins and onion skins also, when you peel them, you can put those in the nesting boxes and that's another deterrent. But when I was putting the garlic in the water, and you can put apple cider vinegar in too, um, when I put the garlic in the water, I wouldn't peel them. I would leave the skins on um, and that's just another added nutrients that they're getting and deterrent.
0: Yeah, good one. I remember something about Red Cordial.
2: Uh yes, Red Cordial's a a, a bit of a and it's a particular brand and um, Was it Cotties? Yes, and I think from from what has happened locally, they've they've changed the recipe a little bit and it's not as effective. Um, and the the it's like with a lot of sugary things, if you put a lot of sugar in it, you want to drink more. So um, they've changed the recipe and I'm not sure if it's as good now for chickens, but there's another product you can get and it's a um, vitamin mineral supplement that's water-based and you can feed that to your chickens at any time and it just gives them a, a bit more um, nutrient intake um, and it helps them balance their their guts out. Um, it's not not an electrolyte per se. It's more of a tonic, but it's vitamin minerals and it really helps to give your your chooks a good um, uh, pre pro, not a probiotic but you know a tonic a tonic yeah to boost your health and and keep you going.
0: Well, they probably need a bit of help with that at this time of year with the the heat that's coming up and a bit of the heat that we've had. How do we – what other special considerations are there for dealing with the heat?
2: Well, chickens um, and poultry in general don't have sweat glands, so that's why they rely on panting to um, reduce their body heat. And people think, oh, they're panting, they're fretting, there, but that's just their normal natural um, body reacting um, to keeping them cool. Um, I used to, ha- I've got a, a big deep freezer, so I would always have something in the freezer like um, a piece of watermelon frozen and they would get that as a treat. Um, also frozen um, ice cream container uh, freezing water and putting that frozen block of water in their water tub Um mm-hmm. Helps to keep the water get cool because they they really don't like um, hot water. None of mm-hmm. us really do on a hot day. So I used to regularly put um, ice cubed um, blocks in the water. But you can also freeze um, corn and peas and diced carrot. The you can get like a frozen veg mix, and that's really good in the water. And you freeze it, and then they're pecking... At the the vegetables, which are waterlogged, and that gives them extra water as well as mm. something to do. Mm, yeah. They love that. But yeah, high high water um, usage in the heat, they'll probably have four times the amount they would normally have. Yeah. And um, a container that's wide and deep is better than a tall narrow one. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it keeps the water temperature down. But anything you can do to like prevent prevent heat you can put a sprinkler on or hose yeah. it down there. Yeah. Very good. Um, depending on where you are you can even put a fan in there just to keep the air circulation
0: yeah that's another yeah. great idea I like they that. don't mind a radio either uh, it, no, it keeps no. it can help keep foxes away and I know that John's chickens listen to curtain radio yeah so as hi as to they John's should. chickens as they should yeah. <laughs> now for a lot of people who have caught Uh, have kept chickens before imagine the sight that you see when you go into the pen and all these birds are laying there their heads are flopped down their wings are out and their feathers are all disheveled and you think oh my goodness my poor chickens and you go in there and they all stand up
2: (laughs) yes it's quite a sight as as we both know and then don't forget, too, that at this time of year, um, the chickens and poultry are going to have what we call a summer malt. So they're going to lose all that winter warmth and extra feather padding. So the pens look like, and the birds look even more disheveled because they're losing all that extra feathers to, that they don't need over the summer. So they're going to need a little bit more protein because of that. Um, which we touched on last time. So corn? Corn, yes, um, or a oh. dried corn maize. Yeah. Um, and I used to give them their, their corn and wheat in the evening. Um, and, and some people, including myself, you get a, a cheap can of um, tuna or fish cat food and that has a high-protein content, which is really good for the chickens. Oh,
0: they like that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, I do have to say that... The scene that I described was the importance of sand bathing for yeah, chickens.
2: Yeah. Okay, yes. So, um, sand um, and the the little uh, divots that they brush out when they're when they're flapping around in the sand. Um, it's like most animals; they they find the coolest spot, and the sand granules also help with um, dislodging bugs and pests and But the sand and the coolness of the sand is what they they go for um, in the hot days. And, And like anything, heat rises. So they're going to go for the lowest point in their pen, which will be the coolest point.
0: Another something else that I did want to just touch on, Megan, and that was you talked about hygiene around the pen and mice getting into feeders uh, yep. what what styles of feeders can people get that minimize the the wastage of food being taken by other animals?
2: Um, i I made my own out of um, small wheelie bins and some plumbing supplies, and it made sort of like a A 90 degree elbow, and then I had a cover on the outside. You can um, be a bit more structured with your feeding, and just feed them a certain amount, and once it's gone, they don't get any more.
1: Yeah,
2: that leaves less around. Or you can get a um, a chook feeder that, and they're very, very clever girls and boys. They will stand on it, and as they come ledge, it opens up, um, and And they sort of can then feed. And then when they step off it, it closes up again. So those feeders are good. Yeah. Um, I tended to have um, bandicoots like does, And I never really minded feeding the bandicoots because when you're on a property and and it's heat and food and that can be a bit scarce. So I didn't mind feeding the natives. Um, Just didn't like feeding the rats and mice. Yeah, Exactly.
0: Megan that's fantastic what John's going to do is wrap up our two segments together and put it in a dedicated podcast so people will be able to download it and listen at any time during the holidays maybe next Saturday morning when we're not here
2: yes or when when we're uh doing other chores in the garden exactly having been away from mine for a little bit I'm going to Go home and find lawn meats mowing and there's weeding and lots of lots, stuff to do. Lots of
1: chores await you. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the penalty you pay when you travel, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah, I don't find it a penalty though. I
0: find it very <laughs> Well, thank you very much, Megan, and look forward to catching up with you when you get back.
1: See you soon, girl. All okay. Right. Thanks, Megan. Bye. Bye for now. Bye.